This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 112, Six Spooky Goblins in Your Money. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, you can't see us, but we're in our wonderful Halloween costumes this uh, this wonderful day, and we're glad to have you along with us. And also in the studio today, thank you for joining me today, Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, so we have a quick uh, commercial, so to speak, to share, and then a special announcement to make as well. So the first thing I want to mention is for folks that have yet to reach out to us, uh, we have something very special for you. If you reach out to us to schedule a 15-minute phone introduction appointment, just to chit-chat, answer some questions around the content of some of these episodes, we'd be very honored to give you a very special gift. It's a treat. No trick, I promise. Uh, <laughs> this is a Pamela Yellen, uh, the New York Times bestselling author, has written a, a new book, brand new. I mean, literally, the pages are still sort of warm as I'm holding them in, in my hands here. Uh, the name or the title of the book is Rescue Your Retirement, Five Wealth-Killing Traps of 401ks, IRAs, and Roth Plans, and How to Avoid Them. So this is Pamela Yellen, who has trademarked the phrase bank on yourself. It's one of the key strategies we do here at our firm. Uh, the uh, subtitle here, uh, or one of the uh, recommendations, uh, is Pamela Yellen should win a Nobel Prize. With her guidance, you can grow a nest egg into a financial small financial fortune. So I'd love for you guys to, to check this book out. It's only 80 pages long or so. And the way to get it is to uh, schedule an appointment on our calendar. Go to nyafinancialpodcast.com and click on Request a Meeting. If you do that before December 31st, 2019, uh, if you get on our calendars before December 21st, uh, 31st, 2019, we'll send you this book in the USA. No charge, no shipping, not a free, absolutely free. So <laughs> um, that's the first thing I want to mention. The other is a very special announcement. Miss Holly, what do you want to share with the audience? Yes. So just wanted to share with you all today that um, my husband and I are actually expecting. So um, I know that I guess you, our listeners, haven't been able to tell, but over the last couple of months, my, my stomach has been growing here in the studio every time I got to move my you know speaker and everything a little bit further forward um, as that's been growing. And so we record these episodes, obviously, a little bit in advance, but this episode's dropping on October 25th. So you all are listening to this on the 25th, and my due date's actually the 24th. Whoa! So we'll see when that day comes. I may actually already have her. Um, we're expecting a little girl, so she may already be here by the time you guys hear this, or maybe I'll still be anxiously awaiting, mm -hmm. and I'm sure at that mm -hmm. point very much anxious <laughs> mm -hmm. to just have her on, on the outside. So um, yeah, just want to share that with you all and let you know that that big, um, exciting thing is kind of going on in, in our lives. That's super cool. What a cool treat for the for the fall season. It's mm -hmm. awesome. It also, unfortunately for us, uh, means you'll be taking some uh, at least a significant chunk of time away and it might be a chapter change for you as well. So we want to wish you the very best. You're going to hear, you're going to get to hear Holly and her, her opinions and insights and strategies for a few more episodes uh, up through the, the middle teens, I suppose, of these episodes. But we do expect a certain change here. So we're so glad, so proud, so excited for you guys, you and Jacob. Good on you. 
Welcome to the other side. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> right on. So, uh, yeah, very, very best of luck and well wishes for you, Holly. Yeah, so, thank you so much. So we've got some big stuff to cover together today, guys. You didn't come to hear us talk about, well, probably the coolest thing that is going to happen, uh, <laughs> certainly. But we have some other cool things to share as well. We're going to go from Holly's little angel to some goblins. Let's get into it. <laughs> all right. So when it comes to your finances, uh, we want to talk about treats and less tricks, right? Unfortunately, most of the time, it's the other way around for too many retirees out there. You know, we feel like we see this uh, this regular occurrence, these same troublesome, uh, greedy goblins showing up in people's financial lives and their portfolios. So maybe think back to your days of costumes, trick-or-treating around the neighborhood. Did you ever do anything like that, Holly, growing up? Very rarely. Um, I actually really? did not do it like every year. wasn't as much my family's my family's thing as others. Um, but I definitely did get to go out and do it a couple times. So yeah. I've done it before, but it was not like a big deal every single year. I was one of the other kiddos. I guess we we like decked it all out. We mm-hmm. turned the garage into a haunted garage. You know, we had our basement fleshed out one year. We had super weird costumes. So it was a big fun <laughs> thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a lot of fun. But there was you know you in each of our listeners, you guys might have had some similar stories or not. But, you know, imagine if there was a kid going around your neighborhood as you're trying to do your trick-or-treat thing. Uh, and he was like, you know, beating up on everybody, stealing candy from all the kids. I mean, wouldn't you want to like know that he was out and about stalking and preying on the weak, so to speak, and you'd steer cl- uh, clear from him, right? You'd go to the other house or cross the street when he saw him coming. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into some of these goblins. And the very first goblin to watch out for who's really on the lookout for your candy uh, is goblin number one, the typical household retiring uh, near nearing retirement has an average of only $135,000 in their combined retirement accounts. So Holly, why is this a goblin? Yeah, so um, the source for that is the Federal Reserve uh, Survey of Consumer Finances. And according to them, um, that amount, only having $135,000 in all your retirement accounts, can only, it really is only enough to provide you about $600 a month of income. Mm -hmm. So $600. So, you know, imagine what you're making today, you know, how much you have income you have coming in a month and cutting that down to 600. Seems like, you know, the, the bully is taking all my king size candy bars and leaving me with a couple of Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, think about that. I mean, $600 a month. I mean, is that really enough to cover everything you need? Um, you Not need much yeah. less what you want, you know, right. in your quote unquote golden years and the years that you're supposed to be able to kind of go out and enjoy life. So, um, yeah, I mean, just crazy um, the the amount of savings that people have and just the fact that that's not going to translate into the income that maybe people think it would. It's huge. I mean, we'll talk more about maybe the goblin of Wall Street, but at this moment, goblin number one is a little closer to home. It's a little closer nibbling away at the corners of your wallet, maybe. Maybe it's actually what's leaving your wallet. There's, a, would say, a categorical distinction between the rate of return in your investments and the volume of saving. So too many people have been lured into this notion that you can maybe just save a sliver of your income and that you'd be able to, you know, that volume of savings, that slice of savings would be sufficient for all of life's needs. I think the average in this country right now is around 5 to 6% of their income is being saved. That's a slice, a little tiny slice of your overall income to do everything that you're supposed to do with that money. The flat tires, the job replacement, uh, the income in retirement, the kids' college fund, it's just not enough. You know, we're taught that 
I think it's Wall Street maybe, or maybe it's our, our mentors or whomever that teaches us that we're supposed to save as little as possible and chase more and more rate of return with more and more risky assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like don't put as much away and just get a higher rate of return and then you'll end up with the same amount you right. know, as someone mm-hmm. else who's investing more conservatively or something mm-hmm. like that. Like the, the, the mindset is that it's your rate of return that's going to dictate how much you end up with, not how much you're saving in the first place. And that is just so erroneous, you mm-hmm. know, and right. as far as how reality plays out. It's more about how much you're putting into into your savings and that sort of thing than what your rate of return is on it. Um, so, I mean, really the return you get within your portfolio should only be there just to offset the erosion of inflation, not to create your savings in the mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you should be you should expect your portfolio's rate of return to be somewhere around the neighborhood of just inflation rates. I mean, over the long term, no one beats inflation. That's, that's huge. Say that one more time because that, that almost has to be said at least twice. Yeah. Over the long term, no one beats inflation. It's huge. But you can, you know, what you can beat, though, is is the game of saving. So what proportion of your income are you saving? Well, how do you find out if you don't know? You can take your total gross income before taxes, then total up all the ways that you save money over the year. And we're not talking about saving it to, like, spend this Saturday, right? So this is not the savings for, um, you know, buying a couch (laughs) or going out to eat, right? This is your actual savings um, for long-term needs. So we're talking about that additional net worth that you're going to have this year over what you had last year. And that is your savings rate. So how much, you know, how much are you Mm -hmm. saving for the long term that's increasing your net worth and versus what your income is? And that's going to give you a percentage of what your savings rate is. That's good. Yeah. Let's say, for example, that you earned a gross income, meaning before taxes and deductions, your top line of income was $100,000. And let's say that you were able to save, meaning you didn't spend it on Saturday on on that couch or whatever. Uh, you were able to save $10,000 over the course of the last 12 months. So that would mean 100000 and 10000 is what you saved. So that means your annual savings volume was 10%. That savings rate is 10%. So we recommend to outrun the first goblin on your trick-or-treat journey, we recommend striving for a savings rate of 30%. Now, uh, again, listen to episode 106 with Tim Austin and also episode 48 for a deep dive into how to increase your savings volume and protect that candy stash from the first goblin. Yep. Cool. Yep. Well, what about goblin number two? Perfect. So goblin number two is even healthy couples will face extreme health care costs in retirement. So our second yep. goblin here is relating to um, health care costs that are going to be coming up for, for those in retirement. So you're right. A healthy 65-year-old couple retiring now will spend an inflation-adjusted $551,000 on out-of-pocket costs that are not covered by Medicare or other insurance. So that's huge. And Milliman Health Cost Guidelines gave us this uh, study and these numbers. So that's over half a million dollars, but it gets even crazier. Yeah. So for something even scarier than that, if that wasn't enough to make you kind of fall over, (laughs) um, then it it 
can get worse um, with a healthy 45-year-old couple. So, you know, the mark what you just shared was for a 65-year-old couple, but now we're talking about a 45-year-old couple um, who retire at age 65. They're projected to pay $532,000 in 2019 dollars. So that would be $1.4 million over their retirement years that's needed specifically for retiree health care. Holy smoke. So if, if you're listening and, you're some, and your age is somewhere between 45 and 65 years old, ask yourself, do you have this much money, $1.4 million just for health care if you're 45 years old? Wow. If you don't have that exclusively set aside for health care and retirement, not for other purposes like travel or groceries, how are you going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no Medicare coverage for those things. Yeah. I mean, this is this is more money. I mean, what we're talking about people needing for health care is more money than pre-retirees have saved in total. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't even have um, you know, $1.4 million just saved for their retirement at all. Like you said, much less for healthcare specifically. Okay, so this is my healthcare bucket and that equals 1.4. This is my actual income bucket, you know. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And if you live longer uh, than the average or have some some sort of health problem, Mm. your costs, of course, would be much higher. So this is just for kind of like, not necessarily run-of-the-mill things, you know, like, oh, if you only ever have a cold, but it, it, it is for someone who doesn't necessarily have a chronic illness and Um, currently, and then, you know, they're healthy today, you Mm -hmm, know, that sort of thing. mm -hmm. Goblin number three. So let's keep, let's keep running because these goblins are coming after us. (laughs) Uh, You'll owe uh, the IRS 25 to 50% of your savings when you take income from a tax deferred account, such as a 401k, IRA, or 403b. Yeah. So most people look at their retirement plan balances and think it's all theirs, right? They tend to forget that they'll owe the IRS taxes on every penny that they've put in and every penny of growth that they've subsequently enjoyed in that account. And this one is just, I don't know, to me, this one's like the most poignant. Like it, it, it's, it, it trips up everyone. It's tripped up me. I mean, honestly, I do the same thing. And and so this one is just so killer, but it's also reality. Mm. Um, and again, I've done it myself. It's so easy to just look at the balance of an account and just assume that's all mine, right? You know, so it's like you look at it and you're, you know, and like my husband's old like 401k account and you like look at that money and you're like, okay, cool. That's ours. We have, I mean, it's not much, but like, okay, we got a couple, you know, thousand dollars sitting in that thing. Cool. And it's like, so that's ours. What are we going to use it on? And it's like, well, no, <laughs> you're not going to be using that whole amount. Like you're going to be using a much, 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 much smaller. Mm. And of course, with us not being or him not being, you know, 49 and a half yet, we're looking at, you know, if we were to take it out and just try and use it for something, we're looking at getting half, maybe yep. if we're lucky, you know, of like what's actually in there. So I just think it's it's a it's kind of a game that I feel like or maybe like a mental trick or block that, um, you know, it's very, very easy to fall prey to. And I think, again, it has led to some um, maybe even like retiree um, overconfidence where people look at it and they're like, OK, I have, you know, let's just say that 135000 we were just talking about people having saved. Um, they look at that in a 401k and they're like, I have $135,000. Let's do the math on that, you know, and see how much income I can take. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's pre-tax income. Mm. So now pay taxes on that. And then how much are you left with? So just keep in mind, you still have to pay taxes on that money. And 
I mean, who knows how much that's going to end up being, right? Like what your Mm -hmm. um, tax bracket, your Mm -hmm. tax rate will be at the time. So true. Yeah. You could be looking at six figures, becoming five figures before you know it. Your partner is the IRS when you have a tax deferred (laughs) plan for sure. Yeah. And nobody knows. That's the key. Uh, Nobody knows what the future of taxes are going to be. I mean, that is the point here with this third most vicious goblin. Taxes may go up, you know? I mean, what do you think? Could they go up significantly even over Mm -hmm. your retirement? We're, We're not just talking about one year of taxes. We're talking about maybe 30 plus years in your retirement. So let's imagine you were the nerd in your neighborhood. I mean, for me, Holly, I mean, that's not too hard to imagine. But (laughs) so let's assume that as soon as you don your costume, you walk out your door, you're excited, you're ready for some fun, maybe some trick or treating. The three bullies of the neighborhood approach you. They walk right up to you and poke you in the chest and say, here are the terms. We're setting the terms for your evening. They inform you that at the end of your trick or treat night, they're going to take a portion of your candy. They'll be waiting for you at the front door to take a chunk of your sugary haul right out of your bag. And you ask them, you ask them, you know, hey, how much are you going to take? The three bullies look at each other and maybe they're, at first maybe they're perplexed, but then they'll say, you know what? We're going to vote on that when you get back in a nice New Jersey accent, maybe. <laughs> uh, how, much would, how much would you want to collect all the candy for? You know, how, mud, how would that make you feel uh, that they're going to vote on it when you get back? I mean, isn't that how it works with every single retirement plan? Congress literally has not gotten around to voting on how much of your IRA or 401k they're going to take from you in retirement. In fact, those bullies get to vote on it again and again and again every single year as you go through your retirement years. Now, how motivated is that little nerd or that kid or me or you going to feel to do all that trick-or-treating just to give over an unknown portion of it to the bullies at the end of the night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how about goblin number four? Yes. Yeah, so goblin number four, um, if you're counting on Social Security to help close the gap, keep in mind that Social Security benefits have lost one third of their buying power since 2000, since the year 2000. Oh, boy. Wow. All right. So you're right. Social Security itself may be one of the things that we can't really rely on. Many of the things retirees typically purchase uh, have increased several times faster than Social Security cost of living adjustments. You know, everything from toothpaste to gasoline to groceries. And almost six in 10 U.S. retirees surveyed by a Gallup study said that they rely on Social Security as a major source of income, uh, which is actually a far higher percentage than work-sponsored pensions or 401ks and other savings plans. And another 33% of retirees called Social Security at least a minor source of income. So literally, we're talking about 9 in 10 people who see Social Security as a required essential part, uh, at least in part, of their overall income mix in retirement. 9 in 10. Yeah. So if 9 out of 10 retirees say that Social Security is is a major or at least minor part of their income you know, that they're that they're needing to cover their bills in retirement and that money they get from Social Security shriveling under the pressure of inflation. I mean, isn't mm. that an issue that's going to affect almost every American, right. Yeah. right? I mean, do you want to be in that nine out of 10 people who are watching their purchasing power shrivel up? Or do you want to be the one, the one in 10 who have no dependency on Social Security at all? I mean, maybe to them, Social Security is just a cherry on top that happens to be there. Otherwise, no big deal if it's mm. not. So, you know, Holly, you said, you know, they don't depend on Social Security. Uh, that's a you know, weird thing to say because shouldn't I take it if I can get it? Well, that's not really what you're saying. You're saying you don't want to be 
income dependent on Social Security. If it's there, great. If not, that's fine. But take it if it's there, certainly, if it's Mm -hmm. something that's still available at the time you're of age to take it. I mean, some of our clients in retirement are at this stage in their financial journey where they don't even need their Social Security check. And they use that Social Security money that they do receive uh, from the government to save into a life insurance policy. So imagine that. I mean, the government is literally paying your premiums for you. They're helping fund your inheritance for your children that would, you know, be left then to your children and beneficiaries income tax-free. So, I mean, come on, take that, Uncle Sam. (laughs) So if if that's not a goblin killer, I don't know what is. And uh, so be the one in 10, not the nine in 10, I guess is the key there. (laughs) So we're still rolling here. We got goblin number five. We're just knocking these guys down. What's next? All right, so goblin number five, the typical investor in equity mutual funds has earned only 3.88% annually for the past 20 years, beating inflation by a meager 1.7% per year. What were we saying earlier about no one beats inflation? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of proof is in the pudding there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the trouble is the stock market might do an average double-digit return, average double-digit return over the long term. But, you know, the people, the humans riding that market uh, roller coaster might experience things very differently. It's like looking at an aquarium from the warmth of your living room being inside versus maybe being inside the freezing water yourself. So it's all about, you know, are you experiencing it or just watching it from the safety of your living room, let's say. So admittedly, October has always been a pretty spooky month for Wall Street. Black Tuesday was October 29th, 1929. Black Monday was October 19th, 1987, the crash of 2008 happened right as October was getting started. Uh, The official day was September 29th, 2008, when the Dow dropped 777 points. Boy, that sounds like a lottery, you know, uh, (laughs) machine, right? Yeah. On October 10th, 2018, the Dow dropped 832 points, worse than 2008, the third worst point drop in history. And, you know, we're recording this in early October, so who knows, right? Who knows what's happening in the market when you're listening to this. And that's that's the whole point with this goblin. You just don't know. Uh, but the, over the averages, folks, even in the market, aren't uh, appearing to beat even really inflation by very much. Mm-hmm. And it's in this climate, despite historically low unemployment, robust GDP, soaring consumer confidence, that 800 plus point sell-offs are you know even possible. The point, the problem is is not just that the prevailing concerns about you know high debt, trade wars, rising interest rates. It's the collective uncertainty and reactionary groupthink over which we have no control. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't control what other people do based on their fears of all these different things happening. And I mean, I've. I feel like I've never felt that more um, distinctly, you know, in kind of the financial climate than than now. Right now. Um, where, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, man, someone opens up their mouth and boom, like, mm-hmm. you know, drop. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, someone tweets something and right. boom, you know, there's like a, a, a market reaction. It's like, what's causing this? And it's like, well, it, it's not actually the market. It's not because businesses all of a sudden just became less valuable or less profitable because of that one, you know, what one single person said. It is, it's because people, there's humans behind the market. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it'll always be flawed because That's humans it. are flawed um, and have 
like you said, you know, reactionary impulses and, and things that can cause crazy things to happen, very mm-hmm. crazy things to happen. And I guess we've never seen it more you know, distinctly than in the month of October. <laughs> There's this uh, financial concept called reversion to the mean. And going back to, you know, uh, Finance 101 or Econ 101, the mean is sort of like, you know, what's kind of in the, the, the trend line, you might say, or the middle, middle. And we're all moving right back to the mean, which is kind of the inflation rate. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, Everything pulls back to the the mean, so to speak. So the last goblin we're going to cover together today is number six. If you're planning on following the once recommended 4% rule, which basically uh, means, you, hey, if you're a retiree, you should, you should only take 4% out of your retirement accounts each year. If you follow that rule, then literally you have a 50-50 shot of running out of money before you run out of birthday candles uh, in your retirement years. Over a 30-year period, the 4% rule only has a 50% probability of success. So imagine yourself uh, as, as a little kid and you're about to enter this terrifying corn maze full of ghouls and goblins and ghosts. Would you take a cell phone flashlight with the batteries already drained to 50% or would you want to grab a, a flashlight with some batteries topped off at 100%? I mean, which of those would make you feel more confident entering that terrifying maze, right? Probably the one that gave me a 100% chance of success. Yeah, right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And a map to get out of there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Walk us through what this means. I mean, okay, fun fun little metaphors of goblins and trick-or-treat, but how does this actually impact our financial lives? Yeah, so what can we actually take from all this? (laughs) Mark and I rambling about goblins for the last however long. You know, so what are some uh, good, you know, I guess little tidbits that you guys can actually take away from um, the episode today, you know, it, and it's about, you know, how can we fight back, you know, against our fears? A lot of these are fear driven mm-hmm. um, in regards to, you know, being afraid about our retirement and whether we're going to be successful or able to retire, that sort of thing. Um, so we want to fight against those fears. We want to take our hard won, hard earned trick or treat candy, which is also our retirement, back from these vicious goblins we just talked about. So it really comes down to deciding for yourself that you want to take control of your financial future. I mean, really, this is an inside job. So it's it's a decision to prioritize your own capital or others will take priority and others will gladly take it. Mm, <laughs> others right. will gladly take your money if you, if you don't want it or fight for it. Um, and you'll forever be paying these goblins off, never stashing away um, your own cash for your own future. Yeah, it's so it's so true. I mean, I meet people who say, "I'll start saving once I pay off my credit cards," you know, or "I'll start saving once I X," you know, get my degree or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And that's prioritizing someone else's capital over your own, isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, if it really if you really boil it down. Okay, so when I was a kid, if there was a bully in the neighborhood, we would do trick or treat. Uh, like in packs, okay, we'd run around as a group so he couldn't mess with us. So another takeaway might be to continue to learn, continue to keep listening, uh, reading, listen to this podcast like these and other podcasts that help you expand your horizons and give you fresh ideas for thinking different about your money. Figure out where the siphons are in your money. Maybe review your 401k investment fees. If the total is at least 1.5%, uh, you know, which by the way, we're getting that number by the DOL study where the averages are about 1.5%, you've probably not found all the fees, all those little creatures nibbling away at your nest egg, right? So keep looking. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's every day almost now, once a week or so, that I'll chat with someone and they think their 401k fees are X 0.001% because they saw one fee. But there's so many more. You got to dig seven layers deep 
uh, to find all those nasty little goblins in your retirement account. So that's one thing you can do. And there's a FINRA fund analyzer that we'd be happy to send you a link for if you reach out to us. Um, find ways, again, to mitigate against future health care and long-term care expenses that could devastate your retirement goals and dreams. You know, I don't want a single visit to the doctor to ruin your overall financial life or the life of your family. Uh, so that's a big one. If you'd like to learn from uh, some of the powerful ways we've been able to leverage your limited dollars to help you cover unexpected medical emergencies, even up to a million dollars or more, without having to live on rice and beans uh, just to save up for something like a healthcare event that may or may not ever happen to you, call us at 1-800-962-9141. That's 1-800-962-9141. And we'll tell you more about how we can help you cover that possible uh, expensive part of your retirement that you may not have a million bucks just laying around to, to cover, right? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, just make sure your flashlight batteries are fully charged, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. before you walk into a corn maze. I mean, that means saving in, you know, real life application, that means saving a ton of cash in places that you know won't leave you in the dark when you need it the most, right? So that money's going to be there for you no matter what. That means don't rely on government-sponsored retirement plans, which are designed mostly to profit, you know, the one that created it, the IRS. Check out private contracts like real estate or bank on yourself type policies that give you confidence that you'll reach, you know, the end of your maze or your life with a shining light and plenty of candy to spare. Oh, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I just want to thank everybody here for joining us uh, and making it through trick-or-treating season with us. We're excited for the fall and for future seasons and episodes. But for today, thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.